Welcome in to the Lions Den. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Gaffworn and Matty Gash. Matty, I don't have your official title in front of me, so do you, do you mind sharing that to the listeners? I'm the VP of Snacks for Real Salt Lake. You've thought about this. Oh, yeah. I've been uh, a long snack connoisseur and finally found the perfect role for me. No, I'm the director of PR for Real Salt Lake. There you go. And, uh, and facts. And facts. <laughs> and facts. And... Uh, Second episode off and running. This this is the second episode. Um, the Lion's Den. Do you like that, Gov? I do. It, it, it feels very Millwall. So it feels like we're going to get into a fight afterwards. So right? it'll be fine. We won't because we're friends, but the potential's there. Yeah. It'll be a friendly fight. It will be. <laughs> Whatever that is. Anyway, um, Real Salt Lake coming off a very, 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 very disappointing 5-0 drumming uh, out there on the East Coast. Um, and before we go any further, I think it's important. Matt was uh, was there on the ground. You were on the ground witnessing uh, all the hell in in all of its beauty, if that even makes sense. What uh, what went wrong? Uh, well, the first thirty minutes were great. Agreed. And as I keep saying, unfortunately, the games are still ninety minutes long. Uh, but the first thirty minutes were fantastic. I thought it was it it felt very much like the Houston game, um, where it looked all, all for that entire 30 minutes like Real Salt Lake's at least going to get a point out of this, maybe sneak three. Um, and then as soon as that penalty came, uh, it just changed everything, changed uh, changed the whole dynamic of it. And um, one mistake kind of snowballed into another. And uh, eventually you see, uh, see the red card at the end of the half, red card at the beginning of the second half, and, and suddenly we're looking at a 5-0 five, uh, five result. Um, it's so uh, uh, it's difficult to really analyze too much the last half of the game because you're looking at a team down a man, then down two. Um, it, it's, it just changes so much about what you're doing on both ends of the ball. So it's, uh, it's, it's really tough to analyze too much about, like I said, what happened after um, really after the penalty. It, would ju- it just went downhill so fast. Um, and, you know, Mike wasn't going to say it, but, you know, penalty called. It could have gone one way or the other and unfortunately went against RSL. And we've we've seen from pro since then um, that right, wrong, or indifferent, the way that, that call was handled was not up to their standard. Um, and so there's uh there's a lot of things to take from from that type of statement from pro because they're they're ones to kind of go to bat for their uh for their referees when they when questions like that come up. And you saw the effect of how poorly that was handled. Again, regardless of the decision, the actual process of getting there with the 6 minutes of added time at the mm-hmm. end of the first half, which, you know, if it had been normal, Severino may still be on the field because we've been back in the locker room. But, you know, I digress. It is um, it is what it is. But I, I agree with Matty. First 25 minutes, whilst there was a little bit more pressure coming from the home team, which you kind of expect anyway. It's They're the home team in front of their great crowd and, and, uh, and, and lovely stadium. But the shape was good. And um, that was the one thing that we talked about last week, Tom, about RSL shape, defensive shape in preseason. When Mike Pecky said that's what we're going to start off with, I wasn't seeing it. There was still the sloppy goals being given up and the shape wasn't particularly great. However, Houston looked good. Vancouver looked very good. 
And for the first 25 minutes against DC United, again, backs against the wall just a tiny little bit, but nothing crazy. Uh, but the shape looked good. The well, shape- I think the one thing, too, and, and this is kind of a little bit telling of RSL to that point and a little bit more telling of, of, of Wayne Rooney in a positive way, is Wayne Rooney was a non-factor, really, through the first 30 minutes. I thought they stifled him well. They kept him out of dangerous positions. Um, but as strikers are, you, you know, as soon as he's able, he's able to get that one opportunity, he puts it away, and by the end of the match, he's got 11 shots at five shots on goal and you know, ends up winning player of the week um, when, for 30 minutes, you hardly knew he was on the field. Going back to the shape, and, and Danny mentioned this on the broadcast, um, the first 30 minutes, 25-odd 30 minutes, if, if, you, if you didn't know anything about MLS soccer and you turned on the telly and started watching that game, you would have thought Real Salt Lake were the home team based on, based on how they controlled the football. I mean, the tempo, the pace, everything was controlled from Real Salt Lake, and it was a sensational start. And then it all went pear-shaped. And the penalty, like you said, Matt, was kind of the start to, uh, to the downfall. So the penalty... Was put away in the 34th minute. Wayne Rooney then got his second. He got he got his brace in the 41st, and then it and then it went from bad to worse in you know in 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 the six minutes of extra time um, that that occurred in the in the what would have been 48th minute I believe was when Jefferson Savarino was uh, was given straight red for for a high. Boot essentially uh, opinions, Maddie. Did you? How far away were you from it? I was on the opposite end okay. of the field, but um, you know, just from that live shot and then the replays, um, that's one of those. That's again another one of those that you, you could see go either way. And I don't know that, in my opinion, just like the penalty, if if it had not been a red card, I don't know that DC would have been complaining about it. Right. Um, maybe by their nature, some of the guys would have, but. Uh, uh, that's kind of a common uh, reaction I have. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> a common reaction I have on those is if uh, if there's opportunities, if there's um, opportunities for a referee to make calls, then it, it, it on those fifty fifty ones. If if it goes one way or the other, is one team going to be really upset that the call didn't go their way? Uh, you know, for me, uh, I get why it was called because the guy got caught in the face with a boot. What you didn't take into account is that guy's five foot nothing, right? And that that's a you know that that's a boot that maybe catches a guy in in the lower chest for most players. And it's a yellow card. And it's a yellow card. But it just because the guy was a midget, five foot three, and leaning over, it's a midget. It, you know, he catches him in the in the in the jaw with it, and uh, you know, I get I get it, I get why it was called. Um, but again, like, if it doesn't get called, if it's a yellow, I don't know that DC is going in feeling hard, hard, hard bent by it. You know, Gov, red card for you? Yeah, yeah, high boot. I mean, intent hasn't got anything to do with it, really. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I know we know he didn't mean to kick the play in the face. Right. However. He got caught on the blind side and had his foot in the face of uh, of the player. It was Acosta, correct? Was it Acosta? Acosta, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. A- again, uh, a shorter player. A midgets, yes. Yeah, I was going to go for the politically correct uh, term. Just a, a, a shorter uh, player. Anyway, um, yeah, absolutely. But again, 
with how poorly that was handled in the first time, well, for the penalty, the whole process, could have well been back in the locker room. I know it's absolute hindsight and whatnot, but there you go. I think the other, I'll go back to the penalty. Sure, it's a penalty. I don't think it's a booking. You didn't think it rewarded a yellow card? No, I don't. It was a penalty. It was a foul. Doesn't why? Okay, mean but it was what, a yellow card. why? Accidental? Uh, went to play the ball, just got too quick. The ball was going out of play, by the way, and way too far for the player to get it. But, you know, I digress. It's a penalty. And uh, the award of a penalty was enough. It would have been a free kick anywhere else on the field. Fine, absolutely. Didn't have to be a yellow card, which then leads to the second yellow card of, right. of, of what he went through. And then we're going down to nine men. Um, I still feel the game was gone uh, by that point anyway. Dust yourself down and look forward to LAFC. I, I always thought if, if Real Salt Lake get into the locker room 1-0 down at half, there were a chance. I was hoping for a draw. I'm a, right. As an RSL fan, I was hoping for a draw. Now, realistically, you're probably thinking, based on history and East Coast road trips, a draw is unlikely. You are going to lose. You're kind of hoping at this point, from an RSL fan's perspective, you don't lose 5-0. Mm-hmm. Which we saw it last year at times. You know, I think it was 5-1 against Philadelphia midway through last year as well. And it's like, ugh. They're the type of losses that you just cannot have obviously a 5-0 loss a bit different than a 2-1 or a 1-0 where you're half competitive mm-hmm. Real Salt Lake after that first 30 minutes Matt when we're not competitive right and and everything went uh, did not go their way Marcelo Silva picks up his second yellow in the 67th um now that now yellow cards were coming out like they were going out of business behind mm-hmm. you I mean yeah it was uh it was I don't know that the game was as physical as the cards would indicate <laughs> is if does that make sense yeah very much um so. it, i don't know i mean i i gantar's done a ton of games and i don't know that that was, I, I feel like that might be one that he'd want to take back or want to have back one two three well four five six seven yellow cards out the 90 that's close to one every 10 minutes close not quite don't do math on there uh, <laughs> that's horrible is my point alright you look at the or the, Tom case just don't do math in general uh, we learn a different math back home in Australia just so you know you learned it in Japan didn't you oh yeah Japanese math don't ask now uh, 22 shots for uh, Washington or DC mm. United Real Salt Lake only with 4 uh, what I was hoping for and this was well, what that I was point to, to that point uh, entering the penalty it was 3-2 for DC and Real Salt Lake had the only shot on goal, which kind of speaks to how well they'd been playing and how uh, how structured they were defensively up to that point. And then, and then really, it's just a couple giveaways, and suddenly it's two nothing, and uh, and you're going into the half trying to uh, you know figure out how you're going to play with ten against a team that really DC's probably the best team in the Eastern Conference, right? And the problem is now you're going against one of the top two or three in the West LAFC. in LAFC. Right. You look at the numbers, though. Possession-wise, uh, 57% DC, 40, 44% Real. That would not indicate normally that the game ended 5-0. 
Like normally they're more like you know like seventy odd, sixty five odd percent possessions dominance. But but I thought Real Salt Lake did a good job considering as well they were down to nine men by the time ninety minutes ended. They still were able to pick up forty four odd percent possession regardless. So here's the big question, that, and we talked about this last week, Gov. Um, but what we were talking about, Matt, was formation. Mm-hmm. So unchanged lineup through the first two weeks um, on the road against Houston at home against Vancouver. Everything went great. What are they going to do going up against one of the better teams, not just in the Eastern Conference, but in Major League Soccer, traveling two time zones, mm-hmm. uh, five-hour-odd flights, whatever it is? Are they, going to keep, are they going to keep the same shape, or are they going to go for something different? Because against, I think it was NYCFC, and correct me if I'm wrong, they, they played five back uh, last year. LAFC. LAFC, no, okay. Right. Thank you. Um, but a lot of conversation took place throughout last year's season whenever they went on these Eastern Conference road trips, should they put five back? And I, I was curious prior to, uh, obviously, last week's game, whether or not they do that. They didn't, and it, and it seemed to be an issue. Regarding the 5-0, three of the five goals came from defensive errors. Mm-hmm. We don't need to name names, but, 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 but there were some issues that took place. Poor turnovers leading to you know, one-on-ones, and Wayne Rooney one-on-one's going to score, uh, what, 99 times out of 100, it seems. So, um, Do you see the formation changing this week against LAFC? It's not an Eastern Coast road trip by any means, but it's a very good team. It's a very good team, and it's a team that plays well at home. Um, I don't know about a formation change, but you may see uh, a bit of a different mentality. Um, maybe... How, how do I put this more? I hate to say more defensive because I don't feel like it's going to be a bunker mentality, but more, uh, more cognizant of, of when they're pressing forward right. versus um, staying back and, and how many they're pressing forward when they, when they get those opportunities to, to move the ball up the field. Um, you may see a more um, kind of similar to the uh, kind of the glory days of Real Salt Lake where they'll just possess you to death. Um, they, they may just try and possess the ball more, um, which, which is the goal, I think, all the time. But uh, now with that in mind of, of the players who aren't available and kind of the, um, the, uh, of the players who are, um, the things they bring to the field, um, you may see them just try and possess the ball more and keep keep guys behind the ball, um, and and uh, and then take advantage of opportunities when they come rather than forcing opportunities. And what you you've got to remember is you know how wonderful Kyle Beckman and Everton Louise have done the job they've done in front of the back four, sitting in front and and breaking up play. You know, being there as supportive when the when the wing backs get forward because they don't really play like full backs. They are asked to do a lot of up and down um, and the, the covering that they do for for the full backs. I think that um, that that when you look at it, um, that it'll be that back four. Um, you might see Aaron switch sides. You might see Tony Beltran come in. You know, you, you don't know what's uh, how that's going to work out. But I don't think there'll be anything. Uh, Formation-wise, that will change. You just might not see Everton maraud forward. I wouldn't say maraud forward, really, should I? But he he was he was more open to to pushing forward and joining the attack along with Kyle at times. I think you might see that they'll they'll allow the fullbacks to come up. They'll allow. See, that's um, my Demir biggest Krylik. issue. Is is the, those fullbacks, Brooks Lennon and and the Aaron Herreras of the world. 
I think at home it works great. You got the home crowd, and you're you know, you're, you're on home turf, and you can play this attacking brand of football. But we've talked about it a ton, and we'll continue to talk about it. Traveling in MLS is no joke, right. um, especially when you compare it to other top flight leagues around the world, England and throughout all of Europe. You know, outside of Champions League, they're really not traveling that far, and. And, uh, and 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 Brooks Lennon and Aaron Herrera, more so Brooks Lennon, he seems to want to get, and he's an attacking player uh, at heart, so I don't blame him, but he seems to want, at right back, get involved in just about every single attack. And that's great. As the game wears on, you kind of see him trotting back to right back out of position, and that can cause a problem. Uh, through the first two weeks, Everton Louise would come back and, and slip in for him. Um, but I, th- I think what we're going to find out is how committed and is Mike Petke to the fullbacks playing that attacking brand of football because mm-hmm. if I were if I were to guess if Mike Petke were to do it all over again he would have Brooks Lennon and Har- Aaron Herrera just about sit at right back and left back against DC United as opposed to try and push up into the attack and if they did you know try and limit them to how high they get because it opens up some serious holes when things don't go right Aaron Herrera, bless his cotton socks, had a hard time, you know, moving up the field with when with the ball at his feet and a quick turnover when he's, you know, playing left wing when he should be playing left back and you've got class up front like DC United have your pay and they did. And and there's two ways to look at that. The one is you're absolutely right. You're to your point. They have talented players up front that uh, that punish you when you make mistakes. The other side of that is they have talented players up front who tend not to defend as sure, much. Sure. And if you if you're if you're you know, you've got your front six getting into the attack and you're able to sneak one more in there to put a little extra pressure, sometimes those opportunities present themselves and it's advantageous. Um others maybe not as much, but um when you know that you're gonna be able to get an extra player into the attack and, and maybe create something from that, um I I like that. I think it, uh, I I get the other side of it. Sure. You're leaving yourself exposed a little bit in the back, but um, but I also think part of that is uh, with Natum back there, there is so much communication going on, and there's so much, uh, and with um, Everton's kind of speed and 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 kind of soccer IQ of knowing where to be and and how to thwart those attacks. I think we saw it against um, Houston. Uh, that when those players were getting forward, you had the cover in the back, and 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 Houston has really two of maybe the better wing combinations in the league in Kyoto and, and Albert Elise. So uh, there may have been a little bit of I hate to say overconfidence because of that, um, but that may, that that game may have been the indication of or given them the impression that hey, this may leave us a little exposed in the back, but we have what it takes to cover that against two of the best wingers uh, or the wing pairs in, in the league. Um, the Again, now to kind of turn the positive spin on it, the uh, having a game like this against DC, if you if you only lose it one or two nothing and, and you still go down to nine men, maybe you're not as um, – apt to say look guys we have things we really need to address going forward as opposed to just well it was just one that got away from us five nothing is a pretty good slap in the face to say 
there's things you, you, you may think you're there, you're not there yet. Right. And if you want to compete against the DCs, the LAFCs, the Seattle Sporting Kansas City, you're going to need to get this stuff corrected before, before we get too far into the season. And again, to that point as well, when there weren't particular issues until you went down to 10 men, until you gave that penalty away, uh, you get a red card. All in that space of time, okay, it's 2-0 at half time, but you're still down to 10 men. There's an outside chance. There's an outside chance you could do something. So you were going to see Brooks and Aaron push forward, and there were going to be open spaces just because you're down a man. Uh, when it's down to nine men, then it's more damage limitation than anything, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if they'd have got out, you know, with nine men and, and at three nil, you'd be, would say, ecstatic. I think okay. the tough thing about two nothing at half as opposed to one nothing, maybe, is when you're down to ten men is. You're not going to win that game defending. You're not going to get back. You're not going to score goals by sitting back and defending. And so, kind of limiting the damage may feel better in the end. But if if your goal is to get a point out of that game, you almost have to go forward. There there is a very fine line. Mm -hmm. Um, But guys, there is a positive to take out of this game. Believe it or not, RSL lost five nil. There's a positive that we can Mm -hmm. all we can all cheer about. We don't have to go to DC again. <laughs> well, that's but okay, the stadium's two. fantastic. That, that's one thing. I feel great stadium. They did really, really well putting that together. Nice reception for Nikki as well, by the way. Yeah, yes. that was great too. I, I can't say enough about what uh, that organization did to celebrate one of their former players who hasn't been there in twelve years as a player, uh, as a DC player. So for them to uh, recognize him that way, and the fans to still have that sort of um, memory, I guess, of him. Uh, because you, if you think about a large portion of their fan base, probably didn't see him play at RFK in a DC uniform. So um, for them to give them the reception they did, I thought was fantastic. That's awesome. So th- th- there are a n- number of positives. Give yeah. us the, no, no, give us the positive. Oh, you, right. you, you were getting to it, and we start, We kind of cut you off. No, we, went, we went on the Nikki, uh, Nikki Romano. No, that's fine. That's great. Um, it's going to happen all season, by the way, Tom. I, We're just going to interrupt you until. And about you Nick know what? Uh, Nick and myself deserve deserve it. Carry Nick on. deserves the reception. I deserve to be cut off. Now, um, <laughs> Everton Louise didn't get a yellow card, so he was two for two through yeah. two games, and he he He's somehow probably... found a way to not get a yellow card. I think that is a that I is mean, a great sign for our self fans, Gav. <laughs> If the headbutt he planted on Marcelo Silva's jaw was an opposition player, well, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> that's the way the game was going. At that point, that was when I text Bomber Andy Williams. <laughs> right. If there's a reflection of how this game is going, that was the moment. <laughs> it just, it just, it was just like a write-off. Oh, Poor guys, and it did look like it hurt. It wasn't wasn't comfortable at all. But I liked, it, and this is going back to again the Houston game. I like that within 10 minutes of the game, everybody knew exactly what type of player we got in Everton Louise, right? Ooh, he's a menace. <laughs> he's, I love him. I love him to bits because I think he plays the game the right way. But yeah, uh, I am grateful he didn't get a yellow card. So um, if you if you accumulate five yellow cards throughout the regular season, you're then suspended one game. Correct. And then it's like every three. Every three after that. <laughs> yellow cards, you yeah. oh, this could be a he's, long. He's going to have some yellow card suspensions. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I don't think anyone is fool enough to think that he's not going to be missing a couple games because of yellow card accumulation. Uh, good for him. All I, right. reckon, I reckon three to four games a season he's good for. <laughs> I, I don't have his history pulled up, but I, I'm curious as to how many yellow cards. We'll get that he, for next week. Yeah, we'll get it for next week. Um, 
All right, moving on. Let's let's not talk about the uh, the travesty that occurred in DC United uh, this past Saturday because that was horrific. But uh, Matt, yes, ha- how Present. is how is <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> how is Mike Petke been this week? Is he is he so so you you asked the question earlier? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Is is you said you know is it was it just a one off or is it actual, you know, this is where we're at type of thing? How did Mike handle things? Because it's very tricky from a gaffer as to how you handle something like that. And I think every gaffer changes. What did Mike mm. do? I think I think with that group, what you do is you take the first 45 minutes because there were mistakes in the first half that are you're playing 11 v 11 for the majority of the first half minus the last minute, you know, a couple minutes of, of stoppage time. Um, you can take a lot of things within that framework and say, all right, what did we do well? What did we do poorly? And what do we need to, what of those things do we need to apply to training this week to get ready for LAFC? Um, they definitely, uh, looked at the, the final 15 minutes of that first half and said, uh, here's, here's three, you know, however many things that we need to address now like we can't wait until wait until we get players back or wait until guys are healthy or whatnot like whatever 11 take the field better have these things ironed out um because we can't we can't get to where we want to be if if we don't address those things as quickly as possible and i think one of those is um being more i don't want to say more careful because you don't want to be uh Timid. Timid at all with the ball in the back. but And they like playing out of the back. Um, so they just need to be smarter about who they're playing to, playing into pressure, things like that. Um, you know, on, uh, on you know, the, the second goal, you know, you just lump it down the field. You got enough guys behind the ball to, to kind of live to fight another day as opposed to trying to play out of it. Sometimes you just got to be smarter in making those decisions. I think that's one of the things that they'll they'll look at is, you know, if 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 it's not if it's not on, just play it long, play it to someone else, play it somewhere where there's less pressure, or the team's able to um, to kind of regroup mm. a, a little bit more than you know, quick turnover and and you leave Rooney one on one as we said. Mm. And I think some of those mistakes. Um, you know, the, for the second goal particularly, I'm not going to worry about the fifth goal, to be honest with you, but the the, the second goal, um, you're right, get it down the field. And I think that they'll iron those things out mm-hmm. because I think that was a communication error rather than a brain error. Um, Marcelo plays it into a difficult position. Aaron Herrera probably doesn't get the shout that he needs to, to get it away. And and it's a, it's a cheap turnover. It's a cheap one. And Aaron, you know, God bless him, came on to, to Twitter the day after, you know, and, you know, held his hands up. Didn't think he needed to. I think some of the veterans around him needed to, to, to do that on social media. They shouldn't be on one of the young guys to, to, to hold their hands up, even though he was involved. But, again, I think those are certain things that throughout the season – the course of the season. Fingers crossed, touch wood, everything, Lucky Heather and uh, four-leaf clover and rabbit's foot. It's just I think this week that, we go with the four-leaf leaf clover. Right? Yeah, we'll, mm. we'll just do that one. But, you know, we'll, we'll, I just don't think you'll see that very often. 
Well, you know what's interesting is uh, it was a it was a uh, a rude. Uh, a rude return to reality for Aaron Herrera. Um, obviously, the week prior against Vancouver, thought he was he was man of the match, mm-hmm. and uh, so did the MLS. They put him they put him on the bench, but they put him in the team. He's the only RSL player on the mm-hmm. MLS team of the week, mm-hmm. and uh, well deserving. And uh, he's probably thinking quite highly of himself. And um, and then he has an absolute mare of a performance, and 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 he's he's okay to admit it. He's a professional athlete, and you kind of have to play that role. Um, against DC United on the weekend. So back to square one for Aaron. And uh, it's a good life lesson, good teaching lesson for young players. You know, when, you, when you're starting to think you're playing well and you're playing in form, always strive to play better. Um, not that I'm saying Aaron mm-hmm. had thought he'd made it by any means, but um, it, it is certainly a, a, rude, a rude awakening. And uh, I think, too, just to kind of ahead. further on that point, is you're looking at a guy in Aaron Herrera who has 15 to 20 pro games. As opposed to a guy who's maybe at sixty-five to seventy, right. that you you tend to get a little more uh, consistency out of those players that have played more games, and and that's part of the um, pitfall, I guess you'd call it, of having a young group of players. Is you're going to have more inconsistency out of a young group than you will out of a veteran group, and right now, in kind of moving forward, this this is a young group, and they don't use that as an excuse. I just think that's one of the things that comes with it is that you're going to have inconsistency a little bit more frequently than you will with a more veteran team. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, just his 17th start, his 19th appearance. Lots of lessons to be learned. But you think he's he's almost like a mainstay now. Mm-hmm. How he's not crazy even playing his that preferred is. position. That's what's also no, no, no. And I, I think that'll be addressed in the summer. But uh, I digress. <laughs> we. Uh, Can we, we uh, saying that? Gov? Hey, I'm I'm just going with my gut feeling. Too big of a tease, mate. Uh, that's what we're here for. The T's. The lines. That's why then. we call them the big T's. Oh, is that right? Because you've got a couple of nicknames, don't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I asked the wifey. <laughs> Do some more editing now. Yeah, sorry. Very <laughs> <laughs> funny, regardless. Um, were you, have you stopped saying what you were going to say? Do you want to carry on? I don't on? even know yeah, what I was saying. Carry, I thought that. <laughs> Uh, Real Salt Lake have lost uh, three players to international duty, and uh, this or if you add in, uh, sorry, Julian Vasquez with the Mexican Dubai. US, yeah, uh, mixing U eighteen national. Okay, team, so. so four total uh, could be a really dumb question. Probably is because it's coming out of my mouth. So you get done with with DC United, and, and you're on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So they just quite literally leave the stadium, mm-hmm. head to the airport, and away they go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Albert Albert was over in uh, in Slovakia. They play on Thursday. Afternoon against Hungary. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two games, doesn't he? Yeah, his second uh, is going to be on Sunday, I believe. Against Wales in Cardiff. Yeah. And then uh, Corey Baird's down in Orlando. The U.S. plays Ecuador Thursday, 6 o'clock. That's nice. I, I believe I can say it's on ESPN2, right? That yeah, go it? ahead. Okay, it's on ESPN2. It's You'll on the TV. Trouble, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they'll play uh, Chile in the second game in Houston. Sunday as well. So, and uh, Sam Johnson playing for Liberia. Where's he going to go? He's, he, he's Africa because it's the African yeah, Cup African of Nations. Cup of Nations qualifying. They're playing the Democratic Republic of Congo. There you go. That's a tongue twister. In Kinshasa, which is in the former Zaire. Wow. In Democratic Republic. They talk about of Congo, Kinshasa so. a lot. If you've not seen it, uh, TV show The Widow, Kate Beckinsale. 
I'm saying that She's now. a wonderful young lady. But well, I digress. We're talking about soccer. Sorry. How many times are you going to digress throughout this program? Yeah. yeah well, That's why we yeah. call him the big digression. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Just ask the missus. <laughs> <laughs> So much editing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome funny. to the lion's den, <laughs> folks. Uh, it's exactly what you thought. Um, <laughs> meow. <laughs> okay. Um, Troll Platter mm-hmm. has been, well... He's been running. He's been running. Yes. Yes, but... We'll have a better idea Thursday. Right. Uh, what his availability is going to be like this weekend uh, hasn't hasn't kicked a ball since um, since the Houston game. When That's a problem. He was the victim of the red card challenge from Houston uh, late in that match. Um, you you hope to have him back. Hope to have him available. Um, you'd rather probably not risk him in one game that may cost him more. You know, than as as opposed to making sure he's ready and fit to play and 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 uh really um you know ready to go against Dallas um which is a winnable home game um not to take anything away from the team and the, as they head to LAFC but um you know that's that's going to be that stacks up to be a tough game and uh, you'd like to have all your horses ready for that one but if uh Plata's not ready for um for even a substitute role in that, and uh, you know, we'd probably wait and see him in Dallas. If he hasn't kicked the football yet, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't know anything. I will, I will admit, but I would assume the chance of him playing have got to be quite slim. Um, I'm thinking at best, best case yeah. scenario, bench. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that, that's where my head's at right now. You just, it's it's a long season, and you just don't want to be taking that risk to a ta- to a talented uh, player who who can play a big role for Real Salt Lake. This season, um, all right. So I want to do something. Uh, come to an, I want to come to an agreement, right, with the three of us. That's going to be a tough task. Right, welcome to the Lions Den. <laughs> no more digressions, <laughs> or uh... well, I want to talk about. So if 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 we're all in agreement that the lineup's going to stay the same, right? And I think we are all in an agreement. Long term or short term? Just for this upcoming no, game, uh, well, LAFC. I, I would you mean say formation? Really t- oh, formation. So we're, well, we're in agreement that the formation's going to stay yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, okay. okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, we're, I, w- I would I strongly disagree the lineup's going to be the same oh, this sorry, week. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so the formation. Six against 11. Okay, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, sorry. I apologize if that came out wrong. I was, I was trying to say, okay, formation's going to stay the same. Um, Herrera's going to start. Onoha's going to start. Now, Silva's not going to play. So you'd think, right, Beisler? Fair yeah, assumption. There's, an option. there's options. I think that's the, the, the big thing about this roster is... Uh, if you were to go through, you could go through every position on there, and, go, and I'd say, but he might do this, but he really? might do this. Oh, okay. I mean, you've got Eric Holtz, you've got... Um, How has he been playing from Could the Aaron Herrera slip in the middle? Yeah, he's a bit he's small. He's a big fella. No, he's not. No, he's 6'2", 6'2". He's, he's, a, he's a big guy. All right, I'm wrong. You've got Donny Toy, you could go left back. You've got How? Tony Bell trying to come back in. Yeah, that, I guess you're right. You could, you could so maybe this was Brooks a bad forward. idea. You've got, yeah, yeah. That's that's you've got a lot of midfield Bro- options. Brooksy was moving forward. That's where my, yeah. my head was at. For Savarino. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ruznak. He's gone. Bofo. Yeah, on Bofo. the left. Bofo on the left, you'd think. Okay, so uh, does Demir start at center attacking or at striker? Good. That's a great question. Nobody knows. Good. I, I'm... I, I'd, Okay, well, let's talk about it. If I'm going to go all out, I'm keeping Demir as the number 10-ish type deal thing that he Mm -hmm. does. Because he's not really a 10. He's just like a second forward, Mm -hmm. a shadow striker, if you will. Okay. But I'd go full on 
and see what this Mr. Schmidt's all about. You'd start Schmidt at at the number nine. Yeah, he had a. F- I'll say he had a fantastic preseason up until an injury kind of slowed him towards the end. Right. But those first uh, three four weeks of preseason. He was as, uh, I don't want to say as good as anyone out there, as productive as anyone out there. Um, he got two goals uh, from his two games, um, including a scrimmage, um, but showed really well in preseason. Uh, no reason for coaching staff not to have confidence in him to uh, to give him an opportunity. And I think that's all. Um, it, one of the things you're going to see a lot of this weekend is players getting opportunities, and it's going to depend on how they're how they're able to take advantage of those chances, those opportunities. So is is uh, Schmidt the only the only striker now that they they don't have Baird and um, Sam, Sam Johnson? Yeah. Is he is he really the only one well, that I, I, could I th- play if Demir plays at center? I attacking? think you could think of uh, if Demir's in the nine or in the ten rather. Um, Tate, you know, you might see something crazy in Brooks. Could start okay, there. I was just going to say, I th- I like Brooks at striker for some reason. Mm-hmm. I do. He's I just got. I, I, I mean, he's already so. He's a, he's a worker. He's a runner. Um, he's going to chase down those uh, half chances. Um, you know what looked like lost causes, uh, much like Corey Baird does, um, and and create something from those. Um, he's he's. Proven he can score in that role. He did it with the uh, the USU twenties at the World Cup uh, in the qualifying for the World Cup as well. Um, Played up top for a few times for Liverpool under twenty threes. Scored a few goals from the middle in the middle there as well. So well, I just think I just think his his frame his his frame suits that position where he's tall enough to be able to win balls in the air. He's fast enough on the ground. He can beat you with speed. He's he's got decent footwork. Right. He's, plays on the right traditionally mm-hmm. and so he has to have good footwork and I don't know I just think I, th- I think he's he's one of those options for Mike that I'm sure he's thought about whether or not it pulls the trigger on him I, I don't know I think chances are against Brooks to start at strike you, you just know, never know yeah fu- I don't I don't think it's a high probability right. but again just kind of going back to he's got a, Mike's got options he's right. got so many options out that's there. what I was going to say the fun thing is for Mike Pecky that he's got four, three guys missing through international four guys yeah. missing through international duty two suspensions yeah, it's it's a little bit thin the roster, it's a but there's still options mm. of guys that can play in multiple positions, and that and that's where you need, absolute dream where you need to credit Craig Weibel and, oh, and his staff to to put this put this team together and to allow Mike to have these type of options when yeah. things aren't going well uh, this early in the season, especially. So, uh, quick update: LAFC. I don't have it in front of me. They are missing four. What, Four players, Gov. Do you know them off by heart, by chance? Um, well, we know that uh, uh, Christian Ramirez. Christian Ramirez up with the uh, the U.S. men's national team. Uh, is it Carr? Casey? Casey Carr? I can't remember his last name. Uh, I just clicked off the page like I an just absolute open muppet. Uh, Hang on, I've got it. Vassal and El Munir. Uh, they just got called up to Jamaica Jamaica uh, two days ago. Yeah, and then... Um, oh, Mark Anthony K. Yeah. Caught off to Canada. There you go. So they're yeah, missing four, four total. Yeah, um, two of those starters. Well, and they've, they've actually got another kid that's uh, gone to the under twenty, the US uh, under twenty threes as well. Oh right, um, Josh Perez, um, who's a forward. He's not played this season, but uh, yeah, he's he's with the under twenty threes. So uh, missing five. Okay, missing five. Now they, you you didn't hear Carlos Vela 
in that conversation. No, no, bit of a strange one. But, what, you know. uh, what, what happened there? He didn't get called up to the Mexican national team. Mexico's got a ton of options right now. And it's Tata Martino. He's an absolute loon, but he's fantastic. So, you know, he's just trying a few things out, trying to, trying to mix things up a little bit, I think. And last week they were without Stephen Betashur, they're right back, and also without Lee Wynn. Um, Betashur was with a concussion. Um, Wynn, I believe, was a hamstring. Um, so we'll see whether or not those two are available as well. So as much as RSL's missing players, uh, there are some absences for LAFC as, as well and, you know, possibility of, you know, last week they started Latif Blessing as their right back, um, who's like Brooks, kind of a more attacking player. Um, that might be a position they'd be able to, uh, I don't want to say take advantage of, but look to exploit at different points in the game. Uh, now, LAFC are coming off a rather in- impressive 2-2 draw mm-hmm. uh, against NYC FC. So, so they were able to uh, to go over to the East Coast and pick up a point, which is uh, which is good for them. Credit credit LAFC. It's easier said than done. Um, Matt knows better than than just about everybody. So, uh, so they're in some form as mm-hmm. we expected them to be. They they. Thrashed the Portland Timbers at home four one. I believe that ended up mm. was that the week prior, the week before NYC FC. I can't remember. It was one of the first two weeks. But they've been able to put the ball in the back of the net. And Real Salt Lake now have to uh, account for Carlos Vela. And that was mm-hmm. kind of my you know with all these international players leaving, I was kind of hanging my hat on the fact that Carlos Vela wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he is, so that poses another problem. Yeah, that's a big challenge. And I think you saw him. Um, he was incredibly dangerous in both of the regular season games last year. Uh, the, that just that combination he had with Rossi was uh, difficult for RSL to handle, to say the least. Um, but I think again, looking back on um, the uh, the kind of alarms that go off after the after the five nothing in the in the within the coaching staff and within the locker room about how they need to uh, recover, and especially a guy like Vela. Um, it, you know, you see the goal he scored at, at New York that's, you know, two touches, quick quick, uh, quick release, and he's in on goal. Um, those are the things you need to be aware of with him is, is, um, is it doesn't take much space for him to create an opportunity. And so it's all about recovery and, and getting back and defending. Uh, before we get out of here, we did this last week, we'll do it again this week, and we'll continue to do it. Uh, predictions for uh, the upcoming the upcoming weekend. Gov, uh, mm-hmm. would you like to start first? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going with a 3-1 loss. Okay. Matt? Uh, I, I believe they're going to play 90 minutes, and uh, the weather's going to be great. That's my prediction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I'm really... I, 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 I feel like every week going in, like, all right, here we go, another yeah. four nothing win. Here we go. No, I know. I and just I... have that strong belief, and and it's the, uh, you know, kind of um, just seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff and the preparation and everything. You just, I, that's the level of confidence I have in this coaching staff and these players that they're gonna that, you know, if A, B, and C work the way they've drawn them up. There's no reason they can't uh, come out of there with a win. Uh, realistically speaking, though, if you're able to come out with a draw at LAFC when, you, when you're when you down as many players as you are, you got to feel really good about that. Right, exactly. Trev? 
I, I also want to give a quick shout out, real quick. Oh, if, we don't do shout outs I? on this show. Chef, only big ups. I, you, so, hey, okay, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> All right, a, a big up. And that was the second episode <laughs> of The Lion's Den. <laughs> All right, I'm done here. Uh, to former RSL head coach Jason Kreis. Okay. Getting please. hired by the U.S. under 23. U23. He'll be uh, handling the team qualifying for the, uh, looking to qualify for the Olympics. Which, which is awesome because seeing of what he had to go through when he was at New York and Orlando. Um, so it, it's good to see Jason, I mean, saying back on his feet, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's having a problem, you know, having a hard time. No, it's not. But it's good to see him back there. But as far as prediction, I'm going 2-1 loss. All right. That's, you know, this is back-to-back weeks, Trev. You've, you've said loss. No, I didn't. I actually said win. Or no, I actually said draw against DC. Did you? Yeah, I we did. Went, we both went 1-1 one, uh, one, one, and you went 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Who's I... more wrong? <laughs> <laughs> And that's yeah. the line, then episode two. <laughs> None of us would probably be doing doing this podcast if we predicted a five nothing loss. So just yeah, saying. no, fair enough. I, I'm going to stay two uh, two draw, uh, like I did last week. So you're uh, not going to ch- after what happened last week. You're not going to change that. Did you, can you just say three three or one one just so we can feel two, a little two. zero zero two 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 two. Because I know there are going to be goals scored, right? When you go to LAFC, goals are going to be scored. I'm just hoping RSL can find a way to put two in the back. Hey, man, I, well, I can hope, hope and claw on to the, the playoff game where they, they stuck right. to it. If, if And like Matt said, before we get out of here, if, if they can pinch a point this weekend, that is, seriously, that is as good as, as a win. That is as good as a win. It's not even close. Uh Matt, I Unless pre- you can get a win, then that's even better. Right. It's debatable, but yeah, sure. Uh, Matt, we appreciate you coming in. No, Hopefully we see, uh, we see more of you. Spenno, uh, stay ugly. Trev, we appreciate, wow. uh, we appreciate everything you've done. Say hi to your mum for us. We'll be back next week. <laughs>